Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of What Know You Explain, the podcast spinoff, one could say, of which I basically say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to foist off some of my work to my friends, comrades, and general good people. So yeah, this is what I'm going to do right now. And right now, I'm going to introduce my guest. She is an absolute delight, a TikTok sensation of which, by and large, you want to know something about tarot? You can follow her. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present T. Hello, thank you. Yes, I am Tarot Time with T on TikTok. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Listen, we love alliteration here. We love alliteration here. And I did entirely space on it because it is very late at night. You are also the host of the Millennial Cast. Again, oh, you want to know millennial yes. things? We can. <laughs> From a while ago, but absolutely, we are millennials that just kind of talk about a lot of millennial things that you could also probably relate to. Oh, absolutely. And I say it again, they're still on the internet. Nothing nothing goes away on the internet. Ain't right. that the truth? Mm-hmm. And also, shoot, you were my fir- you guys were my first uh, podcast on there. Even before I would say even before I had a podcast. Well, so well, you well. so really, you are the reason I'm here. Well, you guys are 50% of the reason I'm here. So long story short, if you don't like this show, you get to blame T. Yeah, leave a comment. <laughs> Tell me how awful we are. Yeah, um, I'd rather not. You know, that's fine. Let's open that <laughs> I mean, door. Let's open that door. Why don't you? Yeah, let's open press that door. Press is good, press. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's going to be great. It's going to sure, be great. That's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100% that's how that works. All right, now that I've potentially opened the door to... Internet chaos. I feel it's only fair that I get to tell you a story that maybe it's a little more adorable. It's the adorable part of the mm. internet. I could listen to his story. Let's go. Oh, thank God. Otherwise, this is just going to be a really <laughs> boring, like, 10 minutes for you. It's going to be, like, cripplingly boring. Okay. So, Christina, I'm going to tell you a story of one of the most famous corporals in the Polish army during World War II. Mm. One, with, one that served with honor in many theaters from Iraq all the way to Italy. He was instrumental in making sure the Polish army was well-stocked with explosive shells during the Battle of Monte Cassino, lifting boxes that usually would have required multiple men to carry. After World War II ended, he retired to Edinburgh, where he was beloved by many Polish expats who would often bring him gifts. Hmm. He passed away in 1961, but there are statues commemorating him from Edinburgh to Warsaw. Also, he was a goddamn bear. Not just the ones we see in nightclubs? No, not just the one we see in nightclubs. Oh, my Though God. Though he did start about that size. He started smaller than your average <laughs> nightclub bear, and then he grew exponentially larger than your nightclub bear. Wow. That seems like that would be very difficult to train an entire bear. It's tr- really be difficult. To, I think it controversial statement. I think it'd be harder to even train part of a bear. Uh, yeah. you got to go all or nothing. You're right. Mm, okay, okay. Not just the left half. Yeah, I was just going to say, the left half's good, the right half's an asshole. Mm. All right, all right, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> left half, never mind. Yeah. All right, this story starts in Hamadan, Iran, where a significant portion of the Polish army was in 1942 after they were been forced to evacuate from the Soviet Union, as well as many refugees. An Iranian kid found a brown bear cub whose mother had been killed by hunters and decided at this point the best route would be to sell the bear to the Polish soldiers. Again, Flipping, I was just going to say, people flip houses all the time, why not flip a bear? (laughs) Given that the Polish soldiers were basically refugees themselves, 
they refused right up until 18-year-old Irina Bokiewicz. I apologize in advance for the <laughs> to any of our Polish listeners. I'm going to butcher all of these names. The great niece of General Bolesław Wieniewa Dolowskowski was very taken with the cub. She prompted Lieutenant Anatol Tarkowski to buy the young bear. And since she was the relative of his general, he dutifully did. And the bear spent the next three months in a Polish refugee camp established near Tehran, principally under Irina's care. So again, the lieutenant's kind of the ranking officer around there. So he's just trying to keep shit together. And then all of a sudden, his general's relative is like, can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Okay, fine. You're in charge of it. So the bear was named Wojtek, a sort of nickname meaning happy warrior, basically a Polish version of slugger. Hmm. Given that bear cubs are naturally super adorable, Wojtek generated a lot of attention from the Polish refugees, who fed him fruit, marmalade, honey, and syrup, and was often rewarded with beer, which became his favorite drink, as it does. But alcohol was not Wojtek's only vice. As he got older, he enjoyed smoking and eating cigarettes and would stick around with the soldiers that gave him said cigarettes. <laughs> he learned how to salute and walk on his hind legs whenever the soldiers were marching in formation, and was overall a boost in morale that was widely needed. The Polish Second Corps went to various theaters of war over time, from Iraq and then through Syria, Palestine, and Egypt. From Egypt, they got the call to head to Italy alongside the British to try and liberate Italy from Nazi occupation. The British were at first very hesitant to allow Wojtek on board, given that, number one, they had a strict rule against having mascots and pets aboard ships, and number two, Wojtek had gotten a lot bigger. And also, by and large, if you are going to be crammed in a boat with a 500-pound alpha predator, it's a little worrying for you. <laughs> However, the Polish soldiers weren't about to leave their beloved bear behind. They got around it, by officially drafting Wojtek into the Polish army as a private, and he was listed among the soldiers of the 22nd Artillery Company. Now, officially considered just an alarmingly fuzzy quadrupedal soldier, Wojtek boarded the British transport ship and headed to Italy. Couldn't bring the bear aboard, but Private Wojtek? Oh, absolutely. Come on in, come on in. <laughs> so, given that he was now an enlisted soldier, Wojtek bunked with his fellow soldiers and was transported on a specifically created wooden box whenever there needs to be any on-ground transport because a bear can't necessarily outrun a hum, or say a, a jeep, rather. Mm -hmm. not, not for long periods of time, anyways. He ended up proving his worth at the Battle of Monte Cassino, where his unit was in charge of ensuring that the Polish artillery never went without shells to fire. Legend had it that Wojtek actually lifted up several boxes of, like, 25-pound shells, and got them to the guns wow. a lot quicker than any man could. But, you know, there's some dispute to that recollection. <laughs> That's they amazing. may have. Oh, it's incredible. They may have just loaded some boxes onto the bear and scooted them towards the guns, but, you know, regardless, pretty impressive. <laughs> really, just a bear doing anything with artillery is, is something. It's a good image. Mm hmm. Actually, on that, regardless, after the battle, Wojtek was promoted to corporal for his service. And the 22nd Artillery Supply Company created a new flag for their unit, a bear carrying an artillery shell. Oh. So yeah, on a good image. Oh yeah, they, they agreed. Wow. And at, after the end of World War II, Wojtek's unit was transferred to Scotland, where they stayed until 1947. Because, well, 
Poland at the end of World War II was in a bit of a state. And the bear became something of a tourist attraction as well as a point of local interest. I mean, it's a cigarette-eating, beer-drinking, very friendly bear, and there wasn't any internet at the time. <laughs> so, come on. I was just going to say, if there was a, a cigarette-eating bear one town over and your internet was out, isn't that worth a family expedition? Yeah, if you can't look at pictures of cats online, go look at a bear. Yes! Oh, I like that. <laughs> Again, when demobilization occurred, when all the guns went down, the Polish soldiers headed home and Wojtek was given to the Edinburgh Zoo. Because, again, they weren't bringing the bear back. Hmm. So there he enjoyed the rest of his days, being frequently visited by journalists and Polish expats, who ended up sometimes feeding him cigarettes, which he happily devoured. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, absolutely. And he perked up at the sound of Poland, like the Polish language. Like, he was just like, oh shit, friend, friend, friend. Wow. Yeah, and in the late 50s, he was even a frequent guest on a British children's show called Blue Peter, because, again, friendly bear, Mm -hmm. assumingly probably not giving him cigarettes after that. But uh, (laughs) he passed away in 1961, and he was widely remembered in the Polish community in Edinburgh. Like, there are statues all over the place of this bear. That is amazing. I have seen imagery of a bear, but I had no idea what it meant. I just assumed it was... You know, you think of Canada, you think of, I don't know, a moose, same type mm-hmm. of thing. Oh, yeah, Poland bear, why not? No, I would say, I, that was one of these things of, huh, that was like, kind of like, I could, this is one of the ones I was really sad I couldn't stretch into, stretch into a full episode. Like, super yeah, sad. It's so cool. So do you think people from his unit or whoever he was with when he mm-hmm. served would come and visit mm-hmm. him? afterwards oh absolutely like i would say just a lot of like oh yeah a lot of his old unit it was like again would come i would say would come in talk to him in polish sneak some beer into him chuck him a pack of cigarettes absolutely that's oddly wholesome for beer and cigarettes yep oh absolutely again it's a wartime it's wartime habit he picked up and uh (laughs) it happens it does apparently especially if you're fuzzy in a bear I would say, and their cigarettes were probably a little bit more available than fresh fish. Mm, yeah, yeah, mm. good point. A little less gross. Carry them yeah, in your pocket. It's true, it's true. I was saying you, it's very difficult to trade something. Tra- well, basically, it's difficult to trade anything for fish in a war zone. But cigarettes? Yeah, probably. Cigarettes, absolutely. When you started talking about a bear, I just assumed that this was going to be the origin story for Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> very different. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a fair assumption and now that it's in the public domain that may be a thing again <laughs> yeah definitely mm-hmm. alright I have monopolized some time Christina you, I hear you've got a story and by I hear I mean I've extensively briefed you on this yeah alright so <laughs> I've learned something recently when I've mm-hmm. been going about my regular life this isn't a story so much outside of myself is something that I've kind of put into practice. So I've been doing good lately, but I've been pretty sick. So I'm trying to do a lot of natural remedies, a lot Mm -hmm. of kind of crunchy granola, weird, maybe even a little woo woo stuff. I'm trying to grow some plants lately Mm -hmm. and things that are just good for your system. Things that are supposed to be able to heal you from the inside out type thing. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm trying to keep the plants alive, <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes it doesn't always completely work. So it sort of feels like every once in a while, I'm just sort of sending them to the electric chair. <laughs> so bad about it. But what if I were to tell you that if you did send a plant to the electric chair, it might actually live better? That is, if I may, what? Explain. <laughs> All right. Don't mind if I do. So there's, there's permaculture where we grow plants. There's electroculture where we electrify plants. Uh-huh. And they can actually grow so much bigger and better and sustain themselves for a lot longer. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Like, just yeah. go, please. My God. So a lot of this information has been lost to us over time, which is absolutely fair. I don't think a lot of us have really heard about electrocuting plants. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin Christoflo is the inventor of this back in the 1700s. And oh. he has an entire book on it that is on Amazon if anybody is interested. So what he did was he created a lot of machinery to actually put electrical currents into the ground. But what we can do at home is actually is something very simple with copper wire. So we take copper wire Mm -hmm. and you wrap it in a spiral Mm -hmm. and then you stick it in the ground. Okay. And a lot of this does seem like it's a bit of pseudoscience. Uh-huh. And you can kind of take it as you will because there hasn't been a ton of research on it. But there's a lot, a lot of anecdotal evidence saying that this can actually... Let me get my facts here. I'm so intrigued. It's between, and again, generally, 70 to 100% reduction in pesticide usage. Mm-hmm. It does also potentially kill beneficial bugs, so that's mm-hmm. a kind of a give and take. Mm-hmm. But a 20 to 30% decrease in the fertilizer used, too. Oh. Yes. So how people think that this works, and it's it has been studied, but not hugely. So kind of take it as you will. Mm-hmm. But high voltage basically just suppresses the surface tension on leaves and accelerates evaporation. So instead of holding all of their water in their leaves, mm-hmm. it evaporates, which you mm-hmm. think would be a bad thing. But this causes the plants to get thirstier and just to <laughs> suck up all the nutrients <laughs> and the water from, from the earth. And therefore, actually creating a lot more nutrient Uh, absorption in the plants too. So not only are they getting more water, they're getting more nutrients. So they can grow quicker and Uh up to apparently two to three times their original expected size. Okay. So almost, so almost an electric sauna for the plant. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's also a theory that Mm -hmm. it's basically a mild electric field and this tricks the plants into thinking that there could perhaps be a thunderstorm approaching, but they're almost in this constant state of expecting a thunderstorm. So they are stimulated to make the best use of a downpour potentially. So they suck in a whole bunch of water. And what do you do with that water? Once it's in you, you have to photosynthesize it and create more leaves and it creates these amazing, big, beautiful plants. So you can do this in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You can. There's an entire hectare that some of the Chinese are using right now to get an entire greenhouse electrically stimulated, and they're using solar power to do so. Oh. 
-hmm. But at home, we can literally just wrap a copper wire potentially even around any stick and stick it in your soil. And that is enough apparently to get the ambient electrical currents, I guess, from the air into the soil and, and have your plants thrive. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because there's sort of a uh, conspiracy theory a little bit where we this information was kind of withheld from us. I went into a bit of a deep dive on the internet. No, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's been hidden from us on purpose. Can you guess why? Big pesticide? Yes, big pesticide, Boom. exactly. Yeah, pesticides, fertilizers. There's a million, well, more than a million. There's so many people every single year that get pesticides. You probably have Roundup in your garage. Everybody does because we hate dandelions, which are incredibly mm-hmm. beneficial. We hate nettle, so many things that are actually really good for us, but I digress. Um, <laughs> So what I did find out, again, this is anecdotal on the internet, mm-hmm. but there was a um, one, a study of U.S. men and 80% of people that were tested actually had what's called, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, mm-hmm. uh, glycinate in their urine. Okay. And that's the main chemical ingredient in Roundup. And it's a carcinogen. Ah, inside of their bodies from literally only using Roundup or potentially not using Roundup because how many people do you know that garden? Me, probably only half the people I know do, even less. Mm. So for 80% of the population that they did the study on to have it, that's wild. Because, I mean, everybody's walking by a garden or by a... There's an aggressive amount of lawns around where I am anyways. Yeah, and I'm assuming it's probably just eating a lot of the stuff that you get from the store because organic is kind of con- considered a little bougie and like, why would I do that? But I'm mm-hmm. learning. <laughs> Maybe this is the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just so interesting. And a lot of people use quartz with this too, okay. which I didn't realize. But do you know that quartz is used in a lot of electronics? You Va- know, like I a quartz just say vaguely, like vaguely. That. I would say, yeah, yeah no, you've I probably got, heard got of it. Mm-hmm. So apparently you can add quartz to the wire wrapping because when quartz is compressed, so you do it tightly, Mm -hmm. then it actually generates a slight charge or voltage on its surface. And it is often used in electronics for this way to kind of help it up in its upkeep. So to put it literally, a lot of people just stick them into the ground beside their plants and see how that goes. But it doesn't work apparently as well as this copper. Very cool. So I do have one tiny little tidbit also, mm-hmm. um, just about plants. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there was a study that was just published that proves plants make sounds? Oh they my God. Sounds. Yes. I would say I, I have heard about this. Please tell. Mm-hmm. It's at a frequency that we cannot hear. And mm-hmm. when they are doing bad or dying, they produce a lot more sound than the healthy plants. Like they mm. are screaming. <laughs> oh no. And I am so curious what the science is if they were mildly being electrocuted. <laughs> would they be screaming in pain or perhaps pleasure? Yep. <laughs> I'm very curious. Are the I would say, will this be a journey of self-discovery for these plants? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, little mild voltage? Oh, yes, please. Oh, yes. Okay, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that, T. I had no idea about any of this, so I have questions. <laughs> first of all, 
would say just kind of around the around the copper wiring, around the stick. Have you done this before? You know what? I haven't, but I am so jazzed to start because I have just found out about this and I was so excited to bring it to your attention immediately because I also know that your girlfriend really enjoys herself some little plant babies. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely she does. She is the green thumb in this relationship and I just basically desperately try not to kill anything, which honestly <laughs> with your sort of, with the confirmation that plants do scream and feel pain. <laughs> Isn't that a lot? I feel, I'm just going to say again, I'm feeling morally justified with all of my fake plants. Oh, you have fake plants. So you don't need any of this. Used to. Ah. It's difficult to kill a fake plant. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's difficult. Difficult. Yeah. All right. And second, I would say kind of, again, this is going to, Go a little bit further, but bear with me. I just keep on thinking of just like, okay, if you just put like one of these sort of like copper stakes like right in the middle of a field, would there be like a, okay, cool, everything within like six inches of it grows a lot better. Okay, I did not think of this and there is a field pretty much outside of my house. So you better believe that I'm going to do that. But I would assume so, yes, because again, anecdotally, but when I see people do this in their gardens, they have big planters. And in every single planter, there was amazing growth. There was Mm -hmm. beautiful foliage, but there was not any insects eating through the the plant leaves. Mm -hmm. So they would always have a control box where they wouldn't do this. And there would be so many little leaves that were the exact same type of plant planted at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. So I assume that... um, it has a radius of, I don't know, maybe like half a regular garden. <laughs> okay. No, that's incredible. But the more you get, you know, you can do at home. No, no, absolutely. So long story short, if you're going to do this stock up on copper. Yeah, people get fancy with magnets and batteries and all kinds of stuff, but I haven't really looked into that extensively yet, but I'm definitely going to. Report back because now I'm, just even as a person, I'm morbidly curious <laughs> now myself. Yeah, Just next like, time what? you buy a plant, you can ask if it comes with batteries. <laughs> <laughs> batteries not included. I'm almost yeah. <laughs> positive. Be nice. Be you know. I say actually, hold on. No, I get some of my. Pl- I would say there is definitely a plant center at the Home Depot near my house. I could definitely make that a same trip. Hundred percent. That's what I was thinking. I might take a yeah. trip this weekend. Do it up. Mm-hmm. Get your. Get, I would say get your plants and your batteries too. Yep. My copper wire. Ooh, really? Uh, Home Depot needs to sponsor me now. I think <laughs> if I've learned anything about this, Home Depot needs to sponsor me now. Everybody's oh, yeah. going for mattresses. I was just going to say <laughs> delivery services. No, Home Depot. That's where I'm. No. That is where I'm planting my flag. Yeah, Home give Depot. Them a call. Home Depot. If you're listening to this right <laughs> now, please <laughs> help me. I have a child on the way. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, first of all, incredible. Thank you so much, T. I would say we've each told each other stories. So now I need to ask you a question. It's a question I've asked mm-hmm. a few guests, but, you know, got to ask everyone. How's your bullshit meter? Uh, like a 6.5 out of 10. I would say thank you for saying out of 10 because I would, that was going to be my immediate <laughs> fall. If it was like a 6.5 out of 10. Out of a hundred, out of five, and you yeah. have an incredible. Out of five, and you have like an incredibly good one. Like just sort, I'm of, very sort of gullible. So if somebody tells me something, I will immediately believe them. But 
if I know to be looking for something, we'll see. <laughs> okay, I was just. Gonna, I think you might. You may. You may know where I'm going with this next one. Potentially. Because, potentially. Potentially. Again, not that I've explained this to you at all, but uh, mm. all right, Christina, if you're willing, we are going to play some two truths and a lie. Ooh, a game. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I would say, listen, I can't bring you a fruit basket, so, so this is sort of how I, what I do with guests. This is like, great. Yay. I lo- I would say, this is what I do. I don't, I don't give you food. I make you work, and then I lie to you. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Also, still looking for, still looking for guests for season four and five. If you're interested, <laughs> actually. All right. So I would say, kind of the way we're going to do this one, uh, T is. I've got five different categories in here. We're kind of going to pick three of them. I've got three statements in each of them, and you get to, two of them are true, and we're kind of things I tried to make into an episode, but didn't really have much more than, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. And one of them is artisanally crafted bullshit. Oh, perfect, just for me. Absolutely. Now, I would say again, never let it be said that I don't treat the guests properly. It's artisanally yeah. crafted bullshit. This is not... This is not your store-bought bullshit. This is crafted. Wow. So I would say the five I have chosen, I would say the five categories that you have to choose from are otters. Put an exclamation mark in there, so it's got to be otters. (laughs) Okay. Number two, well, that name is ruined. Number three, the master of ill timing. Number four, eh, it's a living. And number five, Sun, sand, and maniacs. Any of these speaking to you? Yep. I want two, three, and five. Two, three, and five. In that order. Sure. Hey, listen. It's up to you, man. You're the guest. All right. In that order. So, number two. Well, that name is ruined. These are, as you might have gathered, three statements about incredibly unfortunate names. Hmm. Statement number one. In a spectacular case of the context of names and words changing over time, there was a very well-known practicing dentist in the 20th century mm. in Circleville, Ohio, named Gay Hitler. <gasps> Sorry, okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is where this started. <laughs> he lived almost his entire life in the Circleville area, where the Hitlers were town staples, with their wow. roots going back to 1799. He practiced for over 40 years. And passed away in 1945. Oh, okay. There are no less than three different areas of Circleville named after the Hitlers, including Hitler Road, Hitler Cemetery, and Hitler Park. Wow. That is statement number one. Good name being ruined. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Number two. In one of the more northern parts of Canada, there is a town called Swastika, Ontario. <gasps> Incorporated in 1908, it was named after the Sanskrit good luck symbol, swastika. Right. During the Second World War, the Ontario provincial government removed the swastika sign from the sound entrance and attempted to rename the town Winston, ostensibly Mm. after Winston Churchill. Oh. The next day, the townspeople took the Winston sign down and replaced the swastika sign with the message, to hell with Hitler, we came up with our name first. I love this. I hope it's real. (laughs) That's great. Number three. In the city of Zurich, Switzerland, there is a significant Austrian-German presence throughout its existence, given the proximity of both countries. 
to the extent that little Germanys were created in different sections of town. Basically, for all intents and purposes, Chinatown, but in German. Where they set up primarily German-language schools named after famed Germans. One of the unfortunate side effects of this was during World War II, where the Institute Auf dem Himmler was given criticism by the Swiss press, despite the government's strict adherence to neutrality. Himmler being the, uh, well, the guy who created the concentration camps. <gasps> oh my gosh. The school's oh administration gosh. caved and renamed the school in 1943. Wow. So he was really just trying to get those kids to concentrate really hard at school. <laughs> oh, man. That, I was just saying, I think I need to <laughs> gently sip a thing of water after that because it's a good thing I wasn't sipping water when you said that because otherwise that would have just, just blown straight through my computer screen. I know that was very distasteful. <laughs> okay. I, so you really went with a theme here. Yeah. I was just saying a little bit. I was just a little bit. I was saying, is that a thundercloud forming over there? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I would just say, which one is the lie tea? Hitler Park, Swastika, Ontario, or the Institute of dem Himmler? So I know that there were a lot of things that had to change their names or symbols from a swastika. Like there was a hockey team also, I think, in Canada that had to change that. So that does make sense. Now I'm I'm curious. I would say that's now a thing I'm looking up after this. Yeah, I think it was their symbol because it was a symbol of good luck. Mm. So, but the last one is a little bit too perfect. I feel like it's very (laughs) coincidental. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I... I believe the first one. I think I have to go with the second one as a lie. All right. The second one's the lie? Yes. Unfortunately, you are (gasps) incorrect. There is indeed a swastika Ontario. Wow. It is so far. It is quite a distance away from where I live. Otherwise, it's got to be a curiosity-based road trip more than anything. Yeah, really. How do the people yep. that live there now feel? <laughs> oh, I think probably it's just like, nah, screw it to hell with Hitler. We came up with our name first. Man. It's probably just been just, for all intents and purposes, just cemented by history now. But yeah, oh. I would say the Institute of dem Himmler, complete and utter fabrication. Ah, uh, yes, it was too perfect. It was that too was perfect. It was pretty funny. That was, I was just going to say, I won't lie to you, that was an hour of my life trying to figure out what school in Switzerland that I could just like <laughs> steal a name from. It was pretty good, yeah. Don't know a lot of German. Don't know a lot of German. Nope. All right. So I would say, T, you got two more opportunities to go on the board. Okay. And you were going, I would say you were going with number three and number five. So we are going with the master of ill timing. This is, all right. This is a very specific one, but I think you might like it. Nick Castellanos is a right fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies. By all counts, he's an excellent player, being named to the MLB All-Star team in 2021 and hitting 181 home runs and 656 runs batted in his career so far. This isn't why we're talking about him, though. He also has something of a spectacular case of timing when it comes to hits and home runs during broadcasts. I'll give you three things Castellanos might have interrupted with a hit or a home run And you tell me which one was the lie. Statement number one. Nick Castellanos hit a bases-loaded grand slam right in the middle of a broadcast tribute to September 11th, 2001. (gasps) T, 
TSN announcer Kevin Barker was in the middle of a tribute to those who had died on September 11th when Castiano smashed a ball on an 0-2 count to bring the Cincinnati Reds ahead in Game 2 of the series. Wow. That's statement number one. Okay. Statement number two. Nick Castellanos hit a home run right in the middle of an apology by Tom Brenneman, the Cincinnati Reds broadcaster who had just been caught on a hot mic saying a homophobic slur. Oh. Right before he was replaced on air, Brenneman was attempting to apologize to all those who were hurt by the slur, but he had to stop in the middle in order to call Castellanos' home run. He continued on he continued on right after and then was promptly replaced. Oh goodness. Okay. Number 3. Castellanos' first hit with the Philadelphia Phillies was during spring training for the 2022 baseball season, where he hit a single against the Toronto Blue Jays that was right in the middle of Blue Jays analyst Buck Martinez reading an apology from Blue Jays pitching coach Pete Walker, who had just been arrested for driving under the influence. I don't like any of these. (laughs) These are all just terrible things. The Castellanos curse is real, man. Okay, okay, let's see. And his wife hates it. I think it's the third one. You think the third's the lie? I believe so. Any any particular thought? Or again, it just doesn't sound right? Well, because there's two that were fairly similar. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming I have to pick one of those. It was interrupted during kind of an apology broadcast. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope so. I just hope it's not the first one. My goodness. You think that, I would say, hold on, I would say, Oh, no, you wait, think, I would hope it was the first one. Actually. I was just going to say, you're hoping Sorry. it's, I would say, you're, you're trying to pick the lie here. You're trying to pick the lie here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to confirm, which one of them are you thinking is the lie? The third one still. You think the third one is the lie? All right. We are going to uh, lock that in. And unfortunately, you are oh. 0 for 2, unlike Nick Castellanos, who is terrifyingly good at this. No, I was just going to say, it might make you feel slightly better just like, no, he didn't hit a bases loaded home run in the middle of a World Trade Center tribute. He didn't. Uh, okay, he, he, okay, okay. That's the one thing he hasn't done yet. Okay, yet. but the last two are so like, all right. But I am glad he didn't do that. That's at I, least I won't. Something. I won't lie to you. The I was just going to say the Tom Brenneman one. It's spectacular, and honestly, I think I might send the YouTube video of it to you just Ooh. because it's just. If you if you like things that are cripplingly cringing, <laughs> that's your one. That's your I one. I do get secondhand cringe very hard, but I think I'd still enjoy this. And I would yeah. enjoy watching. All right. And number three, I would say number three, Sun, Sand, History, and Maniacs. Hmm. I forgot to put, say history, but you know, Sun, Sand, and Maniacs still works. <laughs> These okay. are all... Truths and lies, two truths and one lies, based on ancient Greece. Number one. Theagenes of Thasos was one of the first sports stars in the ancient Greek world. He was so spectacular at every sport he played, it was widely rumored that he was actually the son of Heracles himself. Hercules, but, you know, Greek. Mm. As a result, there were many statues created in his honor. One day, one of his opponents had just about fucking enough of Theagenes. Mm. So in a fit of rage, he attacked one of the statues of Theagenes nearby. Unfortunately, this weakened the statue enough that it fell down and killed the man. (gasps) The Thasians, I would say kind of the people in the area, found the man dead by the statue and did the only thing they could. Tried and convicted the statue for murder. Mm. They executed the sentence by throwing the statue in the ocean. (laughs) Okay. Statement number two. 
Philosophers and thinkers were considered very, very highly in Athenian life for their outside-the-box thinking. They were so valued that it was the, goody, the duty of any good Athenian to make sure that each of these philosophers would be at their tip-top best state for thinking. How did they do this, you ask? They got them absolutely plastered. Hmm. It was an honor for the highest echelons of Athenian society to have a philosopher pass out in your salon, as it showed that you were the host that they considered the greatest. Worthy hmm. of passing out on their couch. That's one of these things where I'm kind of a little bit grateful that uh, does not continue uh, to this day. <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of armchair philosophers who probably passed out drunk, but maybe not uh, that are highly looked yeah, I was just going to say, I, I'm not seeking out philosophers to pass out mm. on my couch. Yeah. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not that, I'm not that starved for, I'm not that starved for interaction, says the mm-hmm. guy on a podcast. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Number three. The Spartans never actually built a city wall, figuring that the reputation alone would mean that nobody would attack them. But during the Persian War, the Persians, who had already at this point burned at, down Athens twice, hired a Greek guard to take them to Sparta. But when they got there, they saw a much less impressive-looking city than Athens without a single wall surrounding it. The Persians figured that there was no way this city could have been the mighty Sparta everyone was talking about. Therefore, they figured their guide was lying to them, killed the guide, and Sparta was spared being burned to the ground. Oh my gosh. Okay. Which one is the lie? The murdery statue, drunk philosophers, or... Sparta being spared by the fact that, eh, they don't have a wall. This couldn't be them. So I'm pretty sure the drunk philosophers is real. I mm-hmm. swear I remember something like that from my my art college days. <laughs> we're, oh my God, were you a drunk philosopher? <laughs> Not me personally, but I definitely learned <laughs> about a lot of the, the paintings of philosophers. And I'm pretty sure they were drunk a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we have statue murder, mm-hmm. and we have potentially not burning down an entire city mm-hmm. and just killing one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the last one, because I love the statue murder. I hope that's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. So, I think the last one is the lie. Well, I have good news and I have bad news. <laughs> okay. The good news is, the, I would say, the statue is true. And even better, oh. the Oracle of Delphi prophesied that Thasos would be barren until they brought the statue back. So they fucking fished it out of the water and brought it back to its original place. Wow. That's commitment. However, the, I would say you were incorrect about the lie. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's I was just going to say. Philosophers were not getting things of wine chucked at them Blaster. at any given point. Yeah. That's fair. In fact, Quite the opposite. Usually they end up either executed or in a drunk tank, depending on who they uh, pissed off at any given oh. point. All right, so there's a little bit of drinking involved, potentially. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to say, Diogenes was shittered out of his mind, <laughs> but he's also had enough followers that he was not executed as quickly as he could have been. Anyways. Okay, that's fair. Man, I did not do great this time. Listen, really it is all good. I had it. Listen, it's artisanal bullshit, man. It, 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 it needs was to blend so good. In. It, it, it needs to blend in. It needs to blend in. Yeah, I thought my meter was right up there, but I guess the 6.5 is still pretty low. <laughs> nah, 6.5 is not bad. It's also pretty late for you, too. All right. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, no, I was say, it is pretty late for where we're recording. 
just mm-hmm. no matter where you're listening to this right now, it's probably not quite as late as it is for us recording. Just I'm going to go to bed right away. Yeah, I was just going to say, I unfortunately am not. But Okay, well. All right, I was just going to say, so you enjoy that. So I would say I won't keep you too long then. First of all, T, thank you so much for taking it. Do you have anything you want to promote, anything you want to plug? <laughs> Not right now. I'm barely back on TikTok after having the baby, and that just takes up most of my time. So, yeah, that's nope. fair. <laughs> I'm just enjoying being here and chatting. No, please, absolutely. You know, that's absolutely fair. I would say we're glad to have you, and you know, what? I'd say it's probably safe to say that we are going to have you back again for a thing Ooh, that will be announced you. later. Wow. Look forward to the announcement, as does everybody else listening, I'm sure. Oh, fingers crossed. Otherwise, you know what? I'm, I'd be curious to know if anyone hate listens to this podcast. If anyone hate if anyone hate listens to this podcast and just religiously downloads each and every one of them to just, oh, fuck that guy. Next episode. Oh, fuck that guy. Yep. They're just sending thoughts to you every time. Like, this one will get him. He's going to yeah, trip. You this know one. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> oh, that voice. I hate him. Download. <laughs> Download. Also, if you also if you if you're enjoying the content but are hating my voice, this seems an excellent time to mention that the transcripts are available. If you join up on the five dollar tier on Patreon. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I have my moments. But anyways, <laughs> thank you so thank you so much, T, for joining us. And uh, well, have a good night, everybody. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was amazing, and I will talk to you soon. Oh, absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye.